G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, always love to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, Always good too to talk to Martin Isles, who's the Managing Director of the ACL. Martin's back with us. Hi, Martin. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. Hey, Martin, uh, we'll hear all about your escapades around the nation very shortly because there's been some wonderful things happening in cities and states all around Australia with your touring uh, schedule. We'll talk about that shortly, though, but some some big issues to talk about early. A new campaign uh, calling for the end to lockdowns, and uh, you've had all sorts of supporters around Australia. Uh, they're, uh, They're speaking up for our freedoms. What's been happening? Well, we've sort of decided that it's time that there was some traffic going in the other direction, if you like, some voices asking for freedoms and putting the pressure on for freedoms to be restored. Because if people don't speak up and start asking, there is a concern that they simply won't come or that they will be delayed. Um, You know, there's a very simple principle that if something can't continue forever, it won't. And so the first and most important thing that people need to understand is that what's going on at the moment cannot continue forever. It just can't. International borders can't be closed forever. Lockdowns can't continue forever. Restrictions can't continue forever. Domestic border closures can't continue forever. Uh, We're going to have to one day stand up and say, well, we're going to face the virus. We're going to do it. Um, The only reason not to do that ultimately is going to be our fears holding us back. Um, And we're Christians and we're not afraid. We ought not to be afraid. You know, we often say that the number one command of the Bible is fear not. I'm like, well, time to put our money where our mouth is and say, we're not afraid. Uh, The virus will be faced sooner or later. Uh, And so we want to say to our leaders, look, don't play politics with fear. Don't delay the restoration of freedoms for the sake of political advantage, because we all know, those of us who work in politics, that wherever there's fear, there's good political games to be played, there's good political mileage to be extracted from the issue. A lot of that's going on. You've got Anastasia Palaszczuk in Queensland building two quarantine camps that won't be ready till next year. Well, why, if we're headed to lifting restrictions and 80% vaccination and all the rest of it? You know, we don't know. Uh, You've got uh, in New South Wales problems where the state government is now saying we're going to divide society between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And so long as you've got your vaccine passport, you can have certain freedoms. Well, no, that's not a sustainable future. I mean, democracy itself is at stake when you start going down those sorts of lines. And we're saying unless the people start to speak up for freedom, then when the time comes, we may not get all of our freedoms back. Uh, And it's just so important to enable people's voices uh, and to speak up for these things. And the only reason we wouldn't ultimately want to do that is fear. And uh, we shouldn't be fearful, uh, especially because other countries are doing it. It's really important to note that places like the UK, fully open, uh, pretty much no restrictions at all. They hit 60-something percent vaccination and went back to life. It can be done and it should be done. 
And uh, we're not interested in letting politicians make hay while the sun shines for them at great expense to others. It is confronting. There are some things, as you say, that are contradictory, uh, what the promises might be and what the actions of governments are. And then, of course, this idea of trading our freedoms uh, for safety. But you've had more than 10,000 people just over the weekend join into a campaign, Martin. Uh, What have you been calling people to do? Well, it has touched a nerve, Neil, and we are asking people to go to the ACL website, uh, go to the Fear Not campaign uh, or the Restoring Our Freedoms campaign, uh, and there are just a a series of prompts where you put in your details uh, so that it can identify your electorate, and then you either write your email or you use one of the templates that's already provided, so it might only take you two minutes. Hit the send button. It'll go to the Premier's office and your state MP. We feel very much that it's the state governments that, that could be an issue here. I think that the Commonwealth, the federal government, Scott Morrison, has started to say, it started to nudge, saying, you know, let's open up, let's open up, let's open up. But uh, unfortunately, he's not getting much support. <laughs> we need more in that, more conversation in that direction. And it's definitely touched a nerve. Um, it's, certainly there's widespread support. Certainly people in New South Wales and Victoria and the ACT in particular are feeling the urgency of this because they're living through uh, the difficulties of Delta and the lockdowns there. Um, and so it's gone very well. Uh, 10,800 people just in 48 hours. And, um, yeah, we hope that that will continue to rise very rapidly this week. Well, last week on our conversation, our update with ACL, we were talking a little more deeply about the idea that there are protests that have been going on around the country. And and uh, this word that came uh, via the ACL, the idea that, uh, you know, that civil disobedience is a possibility, but not yet, while there are all sorts of other levers to be pulled. Is this one of those levers, the idea that uh, using your MP to receive a message uh, on behalf of the Christian community, is this the way this campaign works? Yes, exactly, Neil. You know, as Christians, uh, we've never been known for civil disobedience, and there's uh, reasons in the Bible for that, uh, even, even under very challenging circumstances in the early church. It's not something... Uh, that Christians ever really engaged in, except for the cause of the gospel directly, uh, except to preach that that message. Uh, and so, you know, we, we follow in good footsteps when we say we're going to be slow to engage in civil disobedience. Uh, and also, we're not sure how helpful it is anyway uh, to, to any political cause at this stage, uh, given the polarised um, position that is out there on, this, on, on these sorts of issues. Um, but one of the things we can certainly do, which I believe is more effective based on my political experience, is to ensure that there is a very, very substantial voice coming from the grassroots uh, in the ears of MPs uh, who have the influence in the state parliaments. This is a democracy. They do care about votes. And if they are being overwhelmed with people saying, hey, we need to get freedoms back in full soon, then you will find that that is far more likely to actually happen because they do care about approval ratings. They do care about the public mood on these things. And if they think the public mood has changed, they will follow it. That's just the way politics works. So I think this is an effective uh, and, 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 and a good way to express our concerns uh, without breaking the law. And, of course, the ACL website, as you say, you've got a process there that makes it very easy for people to make a comment, uh, to pass on a message to their MP. 
and uh, being more effective, demonstrating a substantial voice from the grassroots. And uh, when uh, when your process is, is happening, is that identifying that this message is coming from the Christian community or do you need to make sure that in your own little note uh, that you might identify that your message is coming from a Christian base? Uh, yeah, look, you may want to say it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, the main thing is that it's coming from somebody who is in that politician's electorate. Um, and that's the powerful thing. You know, when we have uh, so many supporters and so many people participating in these campaigns, it means all the MPs get messages from their actual constituents. And that is the powerful thing here. Um, a lot of organisations, a lot of groups uh, can't do that because they just don't have enough people spread across the country. Uh, whereas we can. We can be confident that every MP will get a substantial number of messages from people in their community. So that's the main thing, is that it identifies you as being in their electorate, which is why you've got to put the correct details in. But if you want to say there that you're a Christian and you're not afraid and all the rest of it, absolutely, go for it, no problem. Okay, there's a grassroots effort there that every single listener to our conversation today could participate in. The Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au, and I'll give that website again at the end of the conversation. It's one thing to go from grassroots, and uh, there's also something happening at a another level too, and that is a leader level in church life. It's called the Ezekiel Declaration, and a thousand church leaders and over 7,000 members and attendees have signed an open letter to the Prime Minister. What's this all about then, uh, Martin? Yeah, this is a great initiative. This is not an ACL initiative. This is from uh, Cauldron Pool, for those of those who know it. Um, they've put out an open letter to the Prime Minister, uh, and it's uh, to be signed by church leaders, and it is opposing the introduction of vaccine passports. Uh, that is a system where society is divided between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and the vaccinated get all the rights and privileges of democracy and freedom, whereas the unvaccinated continue with restrictions. Now, that is, uh, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's not a situation we want to get ourselves into for a few reasons. I mean, first of all, it involves the coercion of the conscience, um, which is a very grave thing for any government to do. A person's conscience is actually their... It, it's, it's, it's the faculty within a person that allows them to worship God and respond to God. Uh, and it's always been known in free societies, in democracies, that you do not coerce a conscience. You always allow for conscientious objection. Secondly, uh, it will um, create a system where you've got some kind of apartheid, where you've got the society divided between those with the rights and those without the rights. Again, that's against the rule of law. That's against democratic principles. And also, it'll put in place a situation where people are not freely choosing medical treatments. They're being coerced. Again, you know, people have lived through tyranny in the past and they've sat down in the ashes afterwards and they've said, how in the world did this happen? We never saw this coming. This is unthinkable. And they wrote down for us a series of principles to help us ensure that we don't go down the same pathway. And things like making sure medical treatments are always free and voluntary, making sure you don't divide society between those with rights and those without, making sure you don't coerce the conscience of people. All those things were written down. And we're not so special today that we can just break all the rules and hope to get away with it. So I think this Ezekiel Declaration is really important and it's church leaders standing up and saying, look, we're going to take a principled stand on this, especially because we as churches are not going to, not going to 
divide our people uh, and their rights. We're not going to say some people come to church and some people can't based on their vaccination status. That would be unbiblical and wrong. Uh, and over a thousand church leaders have signed that document. Um, and it's available at cauldronpool.com slash Ezekiel Declaration, or you just Google Ezekiel Declaration. Uh, and I would encourage all people with leadership roles in churches to sign that very important document. So we don't have uh, that grave, well, that very serious situation of vaccine passports coming to Australia. Oh, I'll just add this. It's probably not even necessary. And that's the main thing for me. You know, uh, we'll probably hit our 70, 80 percent threshold without coercion. So all of those terrible things could be done for no reason. Um, and that's what we'd like to wait and see as well, whether it'll just be unnecessary. And uh, and again, that's why it needs to be stood against. Uh, we've been talking about this a little on this program, Martin, the idea that uh, the government keeps arm's length from this idea of coercion by saying we're not making anything like this mandatory, but almost handballing the responsibility for uh, some level of coercion here to business and and uh, the idea that that's going to end up potentially in the courts uh, in a whole lot of different ways. Any thoughts on the fact that the government's trying to look like they're doing the right thing here, but... Uh, but allowing business to to be coercive. Yes, I think that is exactly true. So the government steps back, but they sort of these signals to big businesses and various sectors that, you know, it's all right if you do it. Um, and it's really the same thing. They're just doing it by proxy. They're doing it through something else or someone else. Um, and the important thing really is that nobody is coerced. I mean, if they need to sell their message, if they need to explain uh, that you know vaccines are safe and uh, you know should be taken. Well, that's their job. They need to do that, and people then need to voluntarily take them in sufficient numbers. That's the government's job. It's not their job to coerce. It's not their job to you know put people under under pressure or to chuck people out of their jobs and things like that. Um, that's completely inappropriate. That's coercion, um, and it's as I said, I don't believe it's necessary. Uh, I think if they make vaccines voluntary, they announce a date for opening up. I am quite sure that more than 70% of the population will be vaccinated. Uh, And so they threaten to take away freedoms for no reason. There are some big issues that happen parallel to the health challenges here. And uh, so for listeners wondering how you can participate in that, and particularly church leaders, cauldronpool.com. Just quickly, uh, Afghanistan, uh, what a dreadful tragedy that is, Martin. And there is a organisation, Christians United for Afghanistan, and uh, a significant show of unity here. Uh, what are your perceptions of what's going on so far as Christians and uh, expectation of what governments should do? Yeah, Neil, look, there's a um, great campaign here, which is an unprecedented, um, it's an unprecedented unity across church groups and across Christian groups, left and right, the whole business. I've never seen such a wide coalition gather together for anything. Uh, and it is for the Christians United for Afghanistan campaign. And the ask is that the federal government would create a special humanitarian intake, additional to our usual refugee intake, to allow people from Afghanistan who are under grave threat, uh, whose lives are at risk, to come to Australia for resettlement. We've done this every so often in history. We did it in relation to Syria when ISIS was chasing out Christians and other religious minorities. We brought about 12,000 people over here. We've done it at different eras. After Vietnam, we did it and things like that. So this is something Australia is known for. When there's a grave crisis and a moment of great need, we do regularly 
uh, say, well, we're going to have a special intake for this group of people. We're asking for 20,000 people as part of the coalition. We think that's very achievable. Um, and we're sort of waiting to see what the government will say. There is going to be a website for that go up. It's just not up yet. So people just stay tuned and otherwise we'll talk about it on this program next week, no doubt. A website where they can add their voice will go up. Uh, and like I said, it is the broadest coalition of Christian groups that I've ever seen engage on any campaign. We do like to see a level of unity from church leaders right across the spectrum and that one main goal to call on the federal government to provide a special intake of an additional 20,000 Afghan refugees. Hey, Martin, let's talk about the truth of it live. You have been traversing the country and speaking to sell-out audiences. And, uh, and for people who are wondering, how does that happen in a COVID age? It's been happening in a dramatic way. You had a tremendous time in Western Australia. Uh, you're into Tasmania right now, Launceston tonight and Hobart on this coming Saturday. Uh, how's your overall perceptions about how things have been going? Well, it's been remarkable, Neil, not least of which we've managed to hop the right borders and stay out of lockdowns and all the rest of it, which has been great. Uh, but uh, look, um, about 7,000 people uh, snapped up tickets to our events in Western Australia. Uh, the biggest of those by far was Perth, with about 5,000 tickets moving. Um, but also we were sold out in Bunbury, we were sold out in Albany. Uh, we had a smaller event in Geraldton because it's a very small town, but... Um, uh, we had a big activist presence in Geraldton. There was a protest and we had police in the auditorium to keep the peace. And it was all very exciting, uh, but it went really, really well. Uh, in Perth, we also had about 6,000 people sustained on the live stream watching as well. So it's just been remarkable to be able to go around the country and see such a hunger for truth. I mean, I just praise God for it uh, and the opportunity that it's presenting and to see people who want to hear God's word applied to the issues of the day. Uh, they want to hear the truth and gain understanding about the strange times in which we live. Um, and uh, yeah, Launceston tonight, there's just a few tickets have become available in Launceston. It was sold out, but we've made a few available with some uh, changes and also Hobart on Saturday. And again, if people go to the ACL website, they can register for those events still. Um, and uh, although the window is closing rapidly, uh, and it's, it's an exciting time. Adelaide is down the line as well in September. But once we've done those cities, we'll have done all of the, um, all of the unrestricted areas. And uh, we'll probably have to wait a number of months, if not until early next year, to do New South Wales and Victoria. But a very exciting time, Neil, and wonderful to see God's hand on what is taking place uh, in this country. Well, you're winning a fabulous following, and uh, some of that is going to be because you're actually quite a good Bible teacher and preacher. And uh, some of those sorts of things going along with the political conversation are really, really powerful. So you're in Launceston tonight and Hobart this coming Saturday. And then the Truth of It Live tour moves to Adelaide on the 18th of September. Did you mention uh, how Adelaide's looking at this stage? Yeah, well, Adelaide's looking great. We've got, a, I think, about 1,200 people registered to come along. Um, the current difficulty is that they'll all have to wear face masks, but we are hopeful. Uh, I mean, we've been very fortunate so far that as we get to a place, all the restrictions are lifted. So we're hopeful that by the time we get to Adelaide, which is three weeks away, uh, it's very likely, uh, provided they have no more COVID cases, that that won't be a problem and we'll all be able to meet and talk to each other face to face. Um, but uh, that's looking very, very good. And that looks to me like it will sell out. So, um, yeah, people get onto that 
if they're interested in coming along. Okay, Tasmanian listeners, acl.org.au to register to be part of those events and also for listeners in South Australia to be a part of the Adelaide event three weeks away. Martin Isles is Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. There's some good things you can participate in today uh, to be active as a Christian believer and make your thoughts known to MPs and uh, pass on detail about that Ezekiel declaration to the leaders in your local church. You'll find details at acl.org.au. Martin Isles, always good for an update. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 